my 18th birthday. Best believe I'm getting a lottery ticket. I'm gonna park right. Park right. You think being meek is weak, huh? Try being meek for a week. Ain't that right, Jack? Tonight we're starting a new series called Jackpot. Now somebody tonight won the jackpot. Because you came, you got a lottery ticket. Somebody out there has a lottery ticket. You're the winner. Where are you? If you got it, hold it up. Where are you? Come on, right here. Congratulations. Congratulations. I have some candy for you. Do you like Reese's peanut butter cups? You love them? Congratulations. Just for showing up, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. You like Kit Kat? Here, Kit Kat too. No? You don't want it? You don't want it? Kit Kat too. There you go. Hang on. All right. Later, Jacob, later. Save it. I don't know where you got that ticket. All right. Congratulations on winning the jackpot. Anyone else want some, want some candy, want some snacks, want some treats? Okay, uh, here's, here's the deal. Some of you in this room, you might be like, man, he, he, he didn't do anything special. Like, why does he get candy just for walking in, right? And a lot of times in our lives, we feel that way. We look at other people like, why do they get what they have, and I've got what I've got, right? Everyone, anyone ever felt that way? Maybe, maybe uh, like athletically anyone play sports and you like bust your tail all the time and you look at somebody else who's not even working hard and they just have all the talent in the world and what you're thinking is that talent is so wasted on that person anyone ever felt that way anybody okay what about musically if you play an instrument you'll play an instrument have you ever met somebody or maybe you are that person and everybody looks at you like this you've met somebody who they could pick up any instrument in the world and it's like you know, they, they're professional at it immediately. You guys ever seen somebody like that? And you're like, man, I practice for like 100 hours a day and I still can't get this thing to sound right. You know, and some of you are like, there's not 100 hours in a day. You know what I'm saying, okay? Maybe when you were a little kid, your parents said kind of what my wife and I say to our kids right now. We're talking about something and they're like, what are you talking about? We're like, nothing. And they're like, no, 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 what are you talking about? We're like, You'll find out when you're older, right? And you're kind of like, why can't I like, be in that conversation? You've had those conversations. Some of you right now still get that from your parents. Uh, maybe you study. How many of you have to study a lot just to get like decent grades? Like That's you. You're like, if I study a lot, I still am like, str struggling to get by, okay? Uh, I, was, I was one that I didn't study a whole lot, but I, I did okay, you know? And then there's people that they study all the time, and then there's some people they don't study ever, and they get like straight A's, and you're like, oh, shut up, right? I mean, you're just, you're mad at them because you're like, I don't know why you have it, and I don't. There's nothing different. I even work harder than you do, and, and I feel like you've got it, and I just don't. 
I think for all of us at different times, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm not going to say the word Christian because that means too many other things that don't actually mean you're a follower of Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, maybe you felt that way. I've felt that way where you look at other people and you're like, why do they have spiritually what I don't have spiritually. I've felt that ways at times in my life, at times in my life. And some of you have felt that way. You look at other people and you're like, man, I just, I wish I had what they had spiritually. I wish I understood what they understood. I wish I got what they got. I wish I hit the jackpot because it seems like they did. And I'm not entirely sure I understand what the big difference is Tonight in this series, what we're talking about is we're talking about the truth that if you're a follower of Christ, if you have given your life to God by the work of Jesus on the cross and you have entered into relationship with God, you have everything you need and you have already hit the jackpot and many of you in this room tonight don't even know it. You don't even know it. It's not, it's not that you haven't hit the jackpot. It's not that you don't have it, but it's that you just flat out don't know it. Second Peter chapter one. This is what we're going to be looking at for the next couple of weeks. Second Peter chapter one. We're going to read just a couple of verses tonight, and you're going to get to see this. It'll be on the screen. It says, by his divine power... God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. How much has he given you? How much? Everything. Now, you guys know, and some of you guys have been around long enough to know that, like, you know, the Bible wasn't written in English. So sometimes there's different meanings to different words, right? Like, like when we translate, it doesn't actually mean exactly the same thing. So I went and looked at this word. I went and looked at this word for everything, and I was like, I want to know what it means. And when I looked it up, do you want to know what it means? Yeah, it means everything. It actually means all things that are possibly applicable that you might need. That's actually what it means. So, because sometimes you might, might be like, well, everything, you sure it's everything. It's not just most things. It's not just some things. No, it actually means everything. Peter is writing and he says, you have been given, God has given you and me, if you are a Christ follower, everything we need for living a godly life. And then it says, we have received all of this by coming to know him who has called us, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Everybody say promises. Look at the person next to you and say promises. Look at the person on the other side and say promises. You're like, what was he going to say? Very good. He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. I want to read to you a little bit different translation. Then we're going to unpack this, and I'm going to share a story with you and kind of a, an idea that all of us need to grab tonight, and then we're going to be done. Okay, but I want to read a different translation. This is called the message translation, and it's not direct word for word kind of translation. It's taking the idea, but I love the way this is written. It says this, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. Who is the one who invited us to God? Jesus. 
Jesus, right. So the way he did that, we talked about that this last weekend, right? He died on a cross and he rose again. So that means, number one, he paid the price that we deserve to pay. We were separated from God. He paid the price on the cross so that we could be reconnected to God. And the fact that he rose from the dead is the stamp of approval, the seal that says that all of the, all of the things he said were entirely true. That he said he could get us to God, but you know, he died, right? But then he rose from the dead. So now we can believe everything else that he said. And by the way, we get to spend eternity with God in heaven. Those are some of the things that he said. And the resurrection was his stamp of approval 2000 years ago. It says, we get to know God personally and intimately. The best invitation we have ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. Now, some of you guys cheated and already figured this out, but in the seat pocket in front of you, Every one of you in this room, there is a ticket. Like I said, some people cheated, that's okay, but here's what I want to tell you. This lottery ticket, for you to get exactly what he got, has been sitting there, and some of you caught on, some of you knew it was there, and and went ahead and grabbed it. Most of you had no idea, but here's what I want to tell you. All of you tonight, when you walk out, and John will explain this at the end, when you walk out, you get to take that lottery ticket and say, hey, I got my ticket. You don't even have to turn it in. We'll let you keep it, okay? You just, you just show them you got it, and then they'll give you a piece of candy just like he got, and congratulations, you're special, right? Uh, so all of you will get this, but here's the thing. A lot of people, a lot of us in this room, I know some of you guys are like, I don't have one because I don't have a seat pocket. Underneath your chair is actually one, okay? If you're on the front row, congratulations, underneath your chair. Um, but here's what I want to tell you. Everybody look up at me. You'll get, you can get it later, I promise, all right? I can get it later. Here's what I want to tell you. A lot of us, when it comes to spiritual life, when it comes to the way that God has wired you and the way that God's working in your life, a lot of us don't realize that God has already given you everything. Because guess what? When you give your life to God, something happens. The Holy Spirit comes into your life. God, his spirit, comes into your life. And you now have access to everything everything you will need spiritually. Now, some of you don't realize that. You don't have an idea that you have access to everything because guess what? If you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, when the Holy Spirit came inside of you, it's the same Holy Spirit that came inside of me. And by the way, it's the same Holy Spirit that came inside of Peter When he talks about this, when he's saying this, he's the same one. And by the way, we're going to look at that in just a second, that he's talking about that you and I have actually the same experience and access to the exact same God who is now inside of us because we are following Christ, because we have turned our lives over from the way the world's doing it. We said, I don't need that. God, what I need is you, which that song we just sang is perfect for that, by the way. Perfect lead in. I didn't know they were going to sing it tonight. I love it. Okay. That's what happened. When we turn our lives over, we say, I don't need that. God, all I need is you. You're the one thing I need. You are everything I need. And if I have you, I have everything. If I don't have you, I have nothing. And by the way, 
When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, it changes everything. When you turn your life over to God and you say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I realize I can't do anything on my own. The Holy Spirit comes in. He cleans you up. You give your life to him. He cleans you up and he makes you brand new. But here's the problem for most of us. The problem for most of us that will be explained here in just a second, I want you to picture it this way. If I told you to build a table, and I'm not talking about like a special table, I'm talking about a board with four legs. Some of you might be like, I don't know how to do that, but what if I said, I own Lowe's. I'm going to give you the deed, the title, the the rights, the ownership of this store and everything that's in it and access to everything, not just what's in it, but what all of Lowe's has that they can bring in at any time they need to. And I say, build a table. And you walk into Lowe's and you look around and you're like, I just don't have what I need in here. Somebody would look at you and say, are you crazy, right? They would look at you and say, you have everything you need to build a table with just a tabletop, a board, and four legs. And by the way, you have a table to do a whole lot. You have enough equipment and tools to do a whole lot more than that. But you're thinking that you don't have enough, and there's probably a couple of problems. One problem is you might not understand what you have access to. Another problem may be, once maybe you say, you know what, I do know what I have access to. I have access to all these tools and all this wood, and then you get the stuff that you need, and then you're like, but I just don't know how to put it together. I just don't know how to make all this work together to become what it's supposed to become. I don't know how to turn this into a table. Here's what I want to tell you guys tonight. For a lot of you guys, you have the lottery ticket. You've already hit the jackpot, but for a lot of you, you just haven't figured out how to use it. You haven't figured out how to access what you have access to. You haven't figured out because you don't know everything that you have access to, and you don't know how to utilize everything you have access to, and because of your lack of knowledge and understanding, you're not accessing it. Because of your lack of understanding, you're not getting to experience it. You're not getting to build with what you have. So we're going to read through this here. And what I want to tell you is you have what you need. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. If I have Jesus, I have everything I need. You can write that down if you're taking notes. The next thing is you might not know that you have everything that you need. And then the next thing is you might not know how to use everything you have because you have everything you need. You have what you need. I want to pull back a little bit, and this first part's not going to be on the, on the screen, but this is the, the first part of this chapter that we're reading. I'm going to read you the first two verses that we didn't look at yet. This is Peter writing, and he says, I, Simon Peter, which was his name, I am a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. By the way, Peter, this guy talking who wrote this letter, he actually walked with Jesus. He was really close with Jesus. He was in the inner circle with Jesus. Like, he was there for everything. He was the one that, that Jesus looked at and he said, who am I? And Jesus said, who am I? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, by the way, I'm going to build my church on you, Peter, and what you just said. Now, not just on him, like he didn't bury him and then build a church on time. That's not what it's talking about. But he said, Jesus was talking to him, had personal relationship with him. Peter, anyone else remember something he did that was terrible? He did it three times. 
He denied Jesus. Very good. And then what happened a little bit later, Jesus comes back and he says, do you love me, Peter? And Peter says, yes. And then Peter, Jesus says, do you love me? And Peter says, yes. And then Jesus says one more time because Peter had denied him three times. Now he gets to affirm three times. Do you love me? And Peter says, yes. Now there's a whole lot of different reasons that Jesus could have asked him this. Some people say it was so that, you know, Peter felt better about it. And other people say a lot of other things, but here's the thing. He denied Jesus three times, and then Jesus later said, Peter, do you love me? Three times, and he says, yes, I do. He says, then take care of my people. And here's one of the things that Peter is doing. Peter, one of Jesus' inner circle. He says, I write this to you whose experience with God is as life-changing as ours. Whose experience with God is as life-changing as ours. I want you to know something. Back in these days, there was this thought that there's like this inner circle of knowledge. Like only limited people have access to this knowledge. There's this inner circle of knowledge. And, and here's what Peter was saying. The actual words, when I, and I studied this, the actual words are that you had the same experience that I have. And the access to the Holy Spirit that you have is the same that I have. And all of us get to experience the same thing. But he continues on to some other things. He says, grace and peace to you many times over. Sorry, and go back. He says, all of this was due to God's straight dealing and the intervention of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. By the way, he says, you've had the same experience because of the work of Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about. And he says, grace and peace to you many times over as you deepen your experience with God and Jesus. As you deepen your experience uh, with God and Jesus. What he says is as you experience, as you grow in your knowledge of who God is and who Jesus is, Jesus, our master. I want you to think about this. Philippians chapter one, verse nine says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. This is Paul writing and he says, I pray that your love will grow and that your knowledge and understanding will grow. I want you to think about this for just a second. Your love for God and your knowledge of God grows when you open this. By the way, your love for God and hopefully your knowledge for God will grow when you come here. We're so glad that you come here because this is one of the ways we learn together. We learn more things together. And some of you tonight are hopefully learning that you have access to everything you need, whether you knew it or not. This is what he's talking about. This is what he's talking about, and it's an incredible, incredible thing. Read your Bible. If you don't read your Bible except for when you come to church, or maybe not even when you come to church, read your Bible. You'll begin to see some new things that you've never seen before. Coming to church is a great thing. Gathering with other people and talking about the things of God. Many of you guys gather together, with, even with other people in the room, and never speak about the things of God. Never. Think about the last time you're just sitting at a friend's house and you're talking about what God's teaching you and you're talking about the things of God and stuff like that. And you're like, man, it's just been so amazing. Some of you are like, yeah, I just did that like earlier today or I did it yesterday. Some of you are like, I've never done that. Some of you are thinking, well, I did it at Beach Retreat. Some of you are thinking, well, I did it at, at Girls Conference, or you're thinking about all these different things, and those things are all great, but let me encourage you to continue to gather together and to talk about the things of God. This is one of the ways that you grow. Then we get again to verses three through four. It says, everything that goes into a life has, uh, of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us. By the way, there's a lot of ways miraculously this is given to us. It's a miracle 
that Jesus Christ died on the cross, that God would love you and I so much that he would send his son Jesus to die on the cross. It's a miracle that he rose again from the dead, and it's a miracle that he can take a dead heart and bring it, bring it to life. Now, you might be like, my heart was still beating. That's not what I'm talking about. Spiritually, you were completely dead, and he could bring you to life. It's a miracle, and he's miraculously done that through the work of his son on the cross and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then he says, by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. And then I love this. He says, this is the best invitation we have ever received. Do you know when Jesus died on the cross with his arms stretched out, dying on the cross, a death that you deserved and a death that I deserved? because he loved you and because he loved me, that was an invitation. That was an invitation saying, I'm doing this for you so that you don't have to die that kind of death, so that you don't have to be separated from God. I'm inviting you to not experience what I'm having to experience right now on your behalf. I'm inviting you into a relationship with God, and that's what happened. And by the way, something happened in the temple when Jesus died. Some of you know what happened in the temple. What happened? The veil tore, that's exactly right. This is like history of what happened, not like the Bible says this happened, but it didn't really happen. History, this is what happened. The veil tore in half, which the veil was the thing that was put in place to keep people away from the presence of God. When Jesus died physically 2,000 years ago, that veil tore from top to bottom, this huge, massive veil, and it was an invitation that you can come in. You can be in relationship with God. Every one of you in this room can be in relationship with God, an incredible, amazing, growing, thriving relationship with God. It's the best invitation you have ever received or will ever receive. The best invitation we ever received. And then he says this, we were also giving ab given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. You've got a ticket to go experience the same thing that anybody else has ever experienced because you have an access and a ticket to be in relationship with God. You have hit the jackpot if you were in relationship with God and so many people just don't know, it, don't know it. You have all you need. You just need to learn how to seek him and figure it out. Uh, Kevin Hart, many of you know who he is. He's a, he's a comedian. Um, real tall, right? Um, he, uh, he was telling a story, actually, on, on Oprah uh, a couple years back. And uh, here's what he was saying. He said when he was starting his, his career in, uh, in comedy... He was really struggling to make it, right? He was, trying to, he was trying to build in, and he was trying to do all these things in comedy, and here's what happened. He was talking to his mom about it, and his mom said, I don't want to be a dream crusher for you or anything like that, but I'm going to give you a year. I'll give you a year to try to hustle and to try to make it. And here's what happened over that time. What happened over that time was he wasn't making it. He wasn't cutting it. He was building relationships, and he was doing some of these things, but he couldn't pay his bills. He couldn't pay his rent. And one month, it came up where he said, I can't pay my rent. He went to his mom, and he said, Mom, I need your help. I can't pay my rent. And all she would say to him is, have you read your Bible? And he's like, I don't, I don't care about that right now, Mom. I, I can't pay my rent. And she goes, read your Bible and come back and talk to me about it. So whatever. Another month comes, he can't pay his rent. 
He comes to his mom and he says, mom, I need your help. I can't pay my rent. This is going to be two months in a row. Mom, I need your help. I can't pay my rent. And he says, and she says, have you read your Bible? And she, he's like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to hear about it. I don't want to hear, have I read my Bible because it doesn't really matter. And he walks away, comes back month three, month four, month five, he has an eviction notice on his door. So we're going to evict you. If you don't pay rent this month, we're going to evict you. He goes to his mom. He does the same thing each and every month. Mom, I can't pay my rent. She says, are you reading your Bible, son? He would say, I don't want to talk to you about that. That doesn't matter right now. Just help me out. And she said, come back and talk to me when you've read your Bible. Month six, gets another eviction notice. This time he's about to lose it because that's his second eviction notice. He knows he's about to get evicted. He's about to get kicked out. He goes, mom, I need your help. She said, son, have you read your Bible? And he's telling, he's telling this story. These are his words. You can go watch it even online. He said, have you read your Bible? He said, mom, I don't want to talk to you about that. I just need help with my rent. She said, come back and talk to me when you read your Bible. He goes home and says, I'm done talking with her. I'm so sick of this. I'm so frustrated. He goes home. He's sitting there frustrated for a long time. And eventually he decides, you know what? Maybe that is what I need. I'm going to go read my Bible. Opens up his Bible. Guess what happens? Six rent checks fall out of it. There were six rent checks. All he had to do was open up his Bible. She had placed what he needed, what he was asking for, what he was wanting in there, and he never knew it because he wasn't willing to open it up. Now, here's the truth. That's just a rent check. And that's a cool, that's a cool story. It's a, it's a fun story. That's just a rent check. Everything you need is found in here. The promises, the amazing promises. He, he said, we are given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. They are tickets to your participation in the life of God after you turned your back on the things of this world. Everything you need is in here to begin to understand it, to know it, to know who God is and to know how to communicate with him and how to relate to him and to know how to use the tools that he's given you, the tools that he's put into your hands so you can start to build what he's called you to build in your life and into the lives of other people. You have hit the jackpot and most people don't even know it. So many people don't even know it and it's because we forget about this and it's all there. Do me a favor and bow your heads for just a moment. Students, you have everything you need. If you are in Christ, if you have a relationship with God, you have everything you need and you have access to God and all of who he is. Some of you just need to begin to open up the Bible and start figuring out what those promises are that God has for you so you can start taking a hold of them. Some of you aren't taking a hold of what God has for you because you don't even know he has it for you because you haven't even spent time reading his letter to you telling you that he has those things for you. And if that's you tonight and you say, man, I want to experience God more. I want to know him more. I want him to know him. I want to know him more personally, intimately, deeply. I want to know all that he has for me. Then tonight, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Say, God, I need your help. 
I want to open up your word. And maybe there's some people in this room tonight that need to help you with this. Maybe they're the ones that jump in and they say, you know what, we're going to do this all together. Maybe you pull some people aside, even as we sing in just a moment, we're going to have this response time. Maybe you need to gather some friends and even come down front while the first song is going on and pray and say, God, we need you. We want more of you together. We say we want more of you. And so we want to seek you together. We want to open up your word together. We want to know more about who you are together. And you grab some friends. You say, I need you. I want to do this with you. I'm sick of doing it just on my own, even though you should be doing it on your own as well. But I want to do this with other people because God's created you to do it with other people. Maybe you just need to say, I just, I just need to be more consistent. I just need to open up God's word more. I want to know what he has for me, but I'll be honest with you, I'd, I don't ever look it up. I'm never opening up the Bible to find out what's in there for me, what God has for me, what it means to be fully in relationship with him. Whatever that looks like in just a moment, I want to challenge you to pray, let God speak to you, and you talk to the people around you because you're going to need help from the people around you, people that love you, people that know you. Maybe it's even somebody that couldn't make it tonight that's not in this room, and you tell them later, hey, I need you. I want you to be a part of this with me. I don't know what that looks like, but you let God talk to you. But I wonder, I know that there's many people in this room who have a relationship with God, and if that's you, I want to challenge you to access all that he has for you. But I wonder if there's some people in this room tonight who you don't have a relationship with God. You've never turned your life over to God. It talks about turning away from the things of this world to give up on some of those things. And by the way, that is a requirement that you turn your back on the things of the world. You turn your back and you say, God, I don't want what the world has. I want what you have for me. So I turn my back on all these things that the world says is cool and awesome and important and all these things that, that I've been doing maybe. And I just want to turn my life over to you. I want to give my life to you. And if you'll do that, if you'll understand that he loves you, he created you with a purpose, that your sin separates you from God, but he paid the price through his son Jesus on the cross and he rose again and you say, I, I understand that, I believe that and I want to start a relationship with God. I want to start and respond to the best invitation I have ever received and will ever receive. Tonight you can do that. If tonight you say, I don't have a relationship with God but I want to start one, then in your heart to God, not in your head, not in your mind, not anywhere else, in your heart to God, say this with everybody else with their heads down, their eyes closed, praying, if you want to start a relationship with God tonight in your heart, with all that you are, say, God, in the best way I know how, I turn from living my way, and I want to live for you for the rest of my life. God, thank you for loving me. And thank you for sending your son to die a death that I deserved. And then invite him in. Say, God, come into my life and make me brand new. And help me to never, ever, ever, ever be the same again.